Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are live, incredibly unprofessional from Jordan Klein. Welcome to the <laughs> NBA Strategy Show. It is Wednesday, January 6th, and we've got a big one on our hands. 11-game slate to talk about. We've got an hour to do it. I normally hit you with ridiculous pleasantries and take my sweet time getting into this show, but not today. So let's start here. I'm Josh Engelman. I am joined by the boss, Alex Baker, Osimo himself. We're here to break it all down. Alex, how are you? Doing all right, man. Last night was a bit, bit wild. Like, I feel like it's always super stressful when we get some big news 30 minutes before lock. In this case, with Brooklyn Nets, I'd be really curious to hear what you, you did. But, like, the funny thing is, it didn't end up mattering that much. Like, Jared Allen had a huge game, but it was mostly because of foul trouble, not because he got the start. So, like, man, uh, that was a tough one, though. So, like, wh- how did you handle, you know, all the starters changing? So... That piece of the slate went really well for me. I gave Jared Allen a really sizable minutes boost. I had uh, just shy of 20% on FanDuel. That worked out perfectly for me. Uh, I cut Joe Harris's minutes, so that wasn't much of an issue. I didn't have much Karis LeVert either way. Um, I wasn't all that interested given ownership. He ended up getting there uh, in the end, which was frustrating to say the least. Uh, I didn't have a ton of Kyrie out of the gate, um, so I was light there. He started off and made me feel like it was going to be a really big problem. Ultimately, it wasn't a giant problem in the end, but I would have liked to have a little bit more. But the Jared Allen piece, um, I liked. Once I saw that he was going to be in the starting lineup, I assumed that he was going to be in that 26, 27-minute range uh, instead of that low 20 spot. So that felt pretty good, and I was happy to get there, but probably just a wash in general. I didn't see Bruce Brown coming that much, I could tell you. <laughs> Man, I was so uh, bummed about Kyrie's, like, first quarter. It was, like, 7.45, and I, like, poured myself a drink because I'm like, him. all these guys in this Thunderdome have him, and I don't. Like, he was 80% owned. But, I mean, I ended up losing that and, in a totally different way. So it was all, like, kind of irrelevant. Did you – were you away from him in, like, a 150 max scenario as well? I was – it's funny because yesterday on the show, I was like, Kyrie's my favorite guy. I, I I, had like a little bit under the field because like it seemed like the field really adjusted to that starting line and bumping Kyrie. I didn't really think it was that big because, I mean, I didn't think that starting lineup would be on the court very long. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I didn't like I didn't really think that it mattered what the starting lineup was going to be for Kyrie. Other than if it's Levert, it's probably a negative, but mm-hmm. it didn't really matter which sort of like non-shooter they rolled out there. If it's TLC or Bruce Brown, it's it's the same person out there. Just yeah. a slight, you know, like you obviously change your DFS outlook, but it doesn't change Kyrie at all. So I felt like he was just sort of slightly overowned to begin with. But I mean, dude's just shooting the rock. He's being he's crazy efficient right now. And that's what I think is nuts. Like I pulled up his box score on the heater. I was like, well, if he's gonna shoot, you know, seven for eight and three for three from three, like like, I'm not going to get that ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. He's good. He's good. He, he had a huge first quarter. That was insane. Yeah. All right. So we have 
56 minutes to go before we need to be out of here. NFL strategy show coming on after this, and we have got 11 games to get through. So I'm getting this out of the way now. I'll ask probably in 20 minutes again, but can you guys hit that like button for us, please? 180 people in here now, 22 likes. Let's run that number up. I'll hit you guys with more requests for likes in a bit, but we need to dive in. Alex, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All righty. Cleveland Cavaliers at the Orlando Magic. Magic six-point favorites, 228 total. Um, I'm going to try to hit on the guys that are getting some ownership just in the grand scheme of things in the interest of keeping this thin, and then we could talk about any guys that you think should be getting some ownership. Did I paste Houston, Indiana first? Oh, it is Houston, Indiana first. Why isn't that in my table? Am I reading off a game from yesterday by any chance? Oh, okay. My apologies, Jordan. Your table is in a different order than mine. I need to change my sorting. Houston, Indiana. We're changing it up. My apologies. I'll start this one over again. Houston Rockets at Indiana Pacers. Pacers, two-point favorites, 226 total. Um, no one on Houston on FanDuel is north of 10% ownership. Harden, the most owned guy at 7%. DeMontis Sabonis for the Pacers is at 32% on FanDuel. Those are the two main guys that I think we would need to talk about. Brogdon, Justin Holiday getting a little bit of love. John Wall getting some love on DraftKings. Let's start here, Alex. How do you feel about James Harden? 11,200 on FanDuel, 11K on DraftKings. Well, it looks like he hasn't uh, missed a beat since the new season started. I mean, his numbers are just as high as ever, averaging 38 minutes a game. 47% assist percentage, 33% usage. These are all really great numbers. Um, The match versus Indiana is probably a a little bit of a negative, but the price really reflects his production where he's 11K on both sides. So there's not a huge advantage there. It's like one of those spots where if you have a lot of good value pieces, then you can kind of soak up all that salary with James Harden, and he's pretty useful for that purpose. Yeah, uh, he... He doesn't like stand out or anything. He's just one of those guys where if you have the salary left over, you'll probably get to Harden and you won't feel too bad about it. Uh, I do think that Houston's getting a little underrepresented, although I have been high on Houston so far this season. So I'd like to get a little bit of Christian Wood, even though he's expensive, not as expensive on DraftKings, that's for sure. I'd like to get a little bit of John Wall, a little bit expensive on Fandle, but I don't mind that all that much. Is there anybody from Houston that you see uh, that looks like a decent value to you on this 11-gamer? Well, David Nwaba got the start last game. Daniel House and Ben McLemore continue to be out today. So uh, maybe just a, a prayer play. <laughs> but uh, yeah. besides that, I mean, Kristen Wood on DraftKings looks fine, but I was concerned that he wasn't in the closing lineup the last game. <clears throat> was he? Is that legit? I didn't even notice that. Who closed? Tucker at the five? So let me pull this up. Uh, Had to be. But Boogie Cousins like got ejected Jay, immediately. Jay Sean Tate ended up closing. So Wall, Harden, Gordon, Tate, Tucker? Yeah, I mean, the, the okay. bottom, yeah, the main thing is Wood didn't close. But Interesting. Okay. I mean, they were they were in a big hole at, at this point. So it looked like they were down 10. Maybe they just wanted to get a better shooter out there. I don't really know. Didn't notice that. I appreciate you pointing that out. Also, thank you to who is John Galt 420 A nice little super chat we just got. Uh, just said, appreciate you guys. Uh, we appreciate you as well. So thank you for the super chat. Indiana so. side. What are you doing with Chalky Sabonis on FanDuel and mildly owned Sabonis on DraftKings at 9,200? I completely agree with the FanDuel one, by the way. Uh, he was very highly ranked in the contenders today. Uh, talk to me about the Pacers. Yeah, so uh, Sabonis has been having a great season. I mean, his assist numbers are up. His rebounding is still really solid. And the minutes couldn't be better. He's at 37 a game. So all in all, a great fantasy player. And then you pop him in this matchup versus Houston, which is a very weak defensive team. So I think Sabonis is a great play, even though his price is high. Um, the other guys... With Warren out, we, we've been seeing Aaron Holiday start, but then Justin Holiday got the big minutes last game. I feel like this is just going to go to whoever is having the best game. It's going to be very hard to pin down, um, but I don't mind taking some shots on some of these Pacers, uh, just hoping that they're the ones that, that get the extra minutes at the end. 
It is center on DraftKings, so it will be inundated with uh, people. But 6,300 for Miles Turner. He's been playing pretty well this season um, and not picking up any ownership right now. If you're looking for guys in large field stuff, I think Turner is an interesting play. It's a little bit more expensive on FanDuel. And the site, the FanDuel fits him a little bit more. The extra point for the blocks are pretty important. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, I think I'll have more Houston than Indiana. But I don't think this is like a heavy exposure game outside of uh, Sabonis. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of decent plays. Like, the sites have done a really good job pricing everyone to be kind of uh, a good play, but not a great one. Anything else from uh, Houston and Indiana? Oh, let's keep it moving. Now, let's try this one out. Cleveland Cavaliers, <laughs> Orlando Magic. Magic six-point favorites, 228 total. Uh, Andre Drummond and Colin Sexton in double digits in ownership on FanDuel. Same scenario on DraftKings with Drummond picking up quite a bit of ownership. On the Orlando side, it's Fultz in double digits on FanDuel. No one else for the Magic on FanDuel or DraftKings. Uh, that's not also surprising to me either. Let's start with Cleveland. Uh, no Garland. Dante Exum now out. Uh, it looks like Isaac Okoro is back. Still no Kevin Love. There's probably more people that are walking wounded for the Cavs right now, but I think I hit all the relevant ones. I like Andre Drummond. I like Colin Sexton. I really like Larry Nance, and that's the spot where I'm going to need you to either talk me off the ledge or agree with me. But talk to me a little bit about <laughs> Cleveland. What stands out most to you? Well, the Garland and Exum injuries open up a lot of minutes. I do expect uh, Okoro to come back and take a lot of those. He's been really a uh, low permitted performer this year so far. So, I mean, not a great fantasy play, but maybe Chetty sees more run off the bench. Um, but the guy I'm really honing in, two guys I'm honing in on here. First, Andre Drummond. I mean, uh, his his rebounding and assist numbers have been really good this season. The usage, a little bit underwhelming, but... Um, the minutes are really inconsistent, which is good for fantasy because you could see anywhere from like 27 to like 36 minutes in a given night. So that adds a lot of variance, for, which is good for GPPs. Rakan Sexton with Garland out is just going to have to assume more of the ball handling, especially if they're replacing him with Okoro. So I think he'll see his usage and assist rate climb. I love this Cleveland team today from a DFS perspective. Drummond, Nance, Sexton, Chetty, Okoro, Damian Dotson. I think all of these guys are viable, and most of them are not picking up ownership at all. Am I totally crazy? It just seems like there's a lot of opportunity to go around. Well, Dotson is maybe a guy I'm not feeling as confident in. Um, He just doesn't really contribute much as far as assists or rebounds. Very Um, true. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so his permanent numbers aren't aren't the strongest. He's the guy that's easily replaceable by someone off the bench. Yeah, and when I say like I'm interested, they are not like heavy. This is not heavy interest, but the a two percenter that should be a seven percenter type guy. That like that's more where I'm looking for him. Does Chetty recreate the magic that he had his last time out? If he enters the starting lineup, I think he'll be in a good spot. It all depends on Isaac Okoro's health because that guy, he played uh average of 37 minutes a game over the first two. I mean, one of them was double overtime, but still, that was a lot. So, <clears throat> Chetty seems like the odd man out uh, where he'll just be off the bench and that's going to limit his minutes. Fultz on Fandle. Vooch sort of whenever because he's Vooch and everybody sort of knows exactly what you're getting when you roster him. Is there anything that stands out to you from Orlando? Because this seems like a pretty much a full negative for me, unless Fournier ends up out. Yeah, good good point. Uh, James Ennis is back today. That kind of threatens the minutes of some fringe guys like Dwayne Bacon. MCW is also out. Um but I don't really see that being a huge impact um, because you're probably, I guess what we could see is Fournier sliding back into the starting lineup. If he doesn't, we may get a bacon NS starting combo. Either way, it doesn't really matter. Um, Aaron Gordon's a scary fade because he's been on this minutes limit. If that's lifted and he plays like 36 minutes, like he's going to smash, but we haven't seen that so far. Markel Fultz, is intriguing. Um, his minutes have been limited a little bit by Cole Anthony kind of coming off the bench. 
But um, if they are shorthanded with Fournier out, maybe they play together more, and that would make Fultz a, a good play. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have anything else here. Orlando, one of the least interesting teams on the slate. There's 22 teams playing today. Like somebody's got to look bad. It's certainly the magic for me. I'm good to move on if you are. Making some progress here. Washington Wizards at the Philadelphia 76ers. Sixers, seven-point favorites, 231 total. We'll start on the Wiz, where no one is north of 7% ownership on either FanDuel or DraftKings. I guess Russ is at 7.7, so you know, creative rounding. On the DraftKings side, Embiid and Simmons, both in the double digits, in the teens on FanDuel. Embiid uh, rounding up in the teens on DraftKings. So we'll start with Washington. I don't see anything that's all that appealing. Clearly, rostering someone like Russell Westbrook or Bradley Beal feels good when they're in their lineup. They're guys that do score. Um, But uh, these are just sort of lineup filler to me. Nobody that stands out as an amazing play. Uh, Are you seeing anything from the Wizards? Yeah, um, uh, Westbrook himself, I mean, I think is a really strong play. I'm FanDuel at 10.7K. They've kind of adjusted his price to where it should be, but... I mean, if we go back a couple of years, Westbrook was probably the most expensive player every single night. If you look at his numbers this year, it kind of looks... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like a couple of years ago where his rebounding numbers are way up from last year. His assist numbers are up. Uh, the only thing that's not up is his usage. So, I mean, yeah. that's, I, th- I think that uh, he, he stands out as a great fantasy producer, but... Philadelphia is a tougher matchup, so it's not like I'm on lock in Westbrook, but I do think that his price will continue to climb. Yeah, that, he's another guy similar to the vein of Harden today. I, I don't think that they look like fantastic or anything along those lines. There's, it's not like Beal is out and we're expecting a boost. If you get Russell Westbrook, you know you, you know what you're getting. It's probably 2010 and 10 or something along those lines, and probably not a victory for the Washington Wizards. Ooh, shots fired. Uh, on the Wizards or on the Philly side, though, uh, Embiid's picking up some ownership. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, he should be a real problem for Thomas Bryant. I think Ben Simmons looks pretty good as well. After that, I think everybody's just sort of where they should be. Uh, how are you feeling about Embiid? 9,900 on both sides. Yeah, I mean, this last game with Charlotte was a blowout, so that kind of reduced the performance of uh, all the the. 76ers but this game versus Washington should be more competitive um Embiid uh I mean he's probably one of the best fantasy centers the only thing I'm seeing here is his usage is significantly down from last year so I'll have to look into that to to see what the deal with that is because you would think with Josh Richardson uh off the team as well as uh Man, I'm, I'm having trouble remembering all these rosters. Uh, but <clears throat> you think his usage would go Horford. off? Horford, yeah, with Seth Curry and Danny Green in the starting lineup. But that has been the opposite of the case. So uh, do you see any reason why that, that could be a trend this year? Um, so I think it's probably a little bit of a blip. I'll just generally assume that Embiid gets to his normal rates. But I could actually see it being slightly lower for this reason because those guys are good shooters and creating more space, maybe people haven't like uh, adjusted to the fact that they actually have shooting on this team this year. And those guys are soaking up a couple extra shots because they're just simply open shooters and Embiid is actually finding them. Do you, his, is his assist rate up at all by any chance? Do you have that in front of no, you? No, it's, uh, it's down to, he was at 18% last year. And so far this year he's at 14%. Well, never mind. Then I have no idea why it's happening. <laughs> I was going to say, like, maybe he's getting a couple extra looks. He's dishing off, sacrificing some usage for some playmaking. Uh, I'm out of ideas. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he's probably just out of shape. That's my guess. He's Joel Embiid. Although he's been fantastic in the uh, top five MVP candidate. So maybe I should stop talking smack about Embiid. We did get a question uh, from Illegal Form Nation. He wants us to touch on Tobias. So, um, 
Tobias, he's been having some big games. Uh, it looks like his numbers are pretty consistent with last year. He's been playing big minutes in the competitive games, but there have been a lot of blowouts. So I, I don't see any reason to like go or fade him, go to or fade him. But do you see anything with Harris standing out? No, not really. Uh, I mean, I have him, his ownership on DraftKings is 6%. That's about where I think it should be. It's nine on FanDuel. That's exactly where I think it should be. He's just a guy. To me, there's not much of an edge here. Um, it's all sort of on the margins with like super low owned guys or you just roster Embiid. But uh, T- Tobias Harris is just, he's the third banana on this team. I mean, he's, I guess he's the second scoring banana, but um, I, I don't have any real take on Tobias Harris. I don't have anything in this game really other than uh, a little bit on the Philly side with Embiid and Simmons. Yeah, not the best one for fantasy. Mm-mm. You would think it would be, but you know, <laughs> when Russ and Beal are both above 10K on FanDuel and close to it on DK, there's not a lot of wiggle room. Three games up. That was that, that went pretty quickly. We're, we're moving along at the pace that I think is necessary to get through this. So I think that affords me an extra minute to one, ask for likes, just hit that like button. I'll do that one quickly. And two... You should join Osimo.com. Go to Osimo.com slash join. Use the promo code 2021-2021. Get yourself 20 days of Osimo Plus for $21. That's projections, ownership, lineup builder, boom bust tool, and more. You get access to everything, and it's pretty sweet. 20 days for $21 is not all that big of an outlay. If you'd like to make a pretty big outlay, however, we can help you out on that one too. An Osimo Plus yearly package is 20% off if you use the promo code HAPPY, H-A-P-P-Y. That is going to be everything that we offer, except for Fantasy Cruncher, which you can add on. Everything across the board. You get it. For 365 days, you get 20% off that number. We don't do huge sales on our yearly packages all that frequently. So if you've been looking to um, just dive in the full way with us, that's the way to do it. Use that promo code HAPPY. Come join us for a full year. That's the way to do it. Just why would you want to be anywhere else? Hang out with us and all of our premium content until January 6th of 2022, which feels like way more than a year from now, uh, given the way the last year has gone. Definitely. On to the Charlotte Hornets taking on the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks, six-point favorites, 232 total. A uh, little bit of ownership coming in on this one. We'll start on the Hornets side. Hayward, Graham, and PJ Washington, all just north of 10% ownership on FanDuel. PJ Washington, 24% owned on DraftKings. What stands out to you most from the Charlotte Hornets? PJ Washington's price seems like um, a little bit low. Uh, and he's in the, the range of guys that you can just kind of plug and play in any lineup at 5K and 5,200 on FanDuel. Atlanta, you've seen these games like with Atlanta just be insane shootouts. So their, their defensive skills are not, not that good. Yep. PJ Washington's a very good permanent producer. Um, the only thing has been the minutes. He's been kind of limited by fouls and by bad playing. But the thing is, like, they don't have a backup center on this team that they've been playing is PJ Washington kind of subbing back in. So I'm I'm kind of feeling like his role is secure. It's just kind of like, is he cracking the closing lineup? So what do you what what is going on with PJ Washington? Have you noticed anything? Yeah. So I. I... <clears throat> I gave him 28 minutes tonight. I understand why he's getting owned. Um, I was a little surprised to see 24% on DraftKings. That felt a little high just out of the gate because it's not as if he's some sort of like per minute wonder kid. He's like a 0.9 guy, maybe, you know, 0.95 if you want to get uh, a little bit better. And if you expect him to take a step up, we could even call him like a fantasy point per minute. I mean, he's only been in the league for a year, so you could obviously improve on your skill set. At 5K, I get it. You know, he works in a balance build. He works in a stars and scrubs build. That's not a salary. That's a problem. But on an 11-game slate, I don't see P.J. Washington as a guy that I should have in a quarter of my lineups. That just feels a little high. I think he's a good play. He's probably my second favorite play on Charlotte on DraftKings. But I don't know if the ownership is warranted. Yeah, so the way I'd look at the ownership is uh, I pull up this uh, boom bust tool here. So I'm, I'm pulling there up P.J. Washington. 
Uh, I have him at a 24% chance of scoring 10 points above 5x. His ownership is projected to be 24%. So, I mean, it looks like, uh, I mean, not a not a guy that has a huge difference between those numbers. So, um, he is a top 10 candidate to be one of those 10x or 10 plus 5x guys on the slate. So I think uh, it makes sense. And I do feel like with Cody Zeller out, um, we haven't seen a ton of production yet, but he is playing the five. So his rebounding should increase. It just it hasn't materialized yet. Yeah, I guess my biggest fear of Washington is just simply, is he going to be able to be on the floor enough? Because the potential for additional minutes is there. If he can get to 32 or something along those lines, I mean, he played 35 in a game earlier. Like, if he can even just crest that 30 mark, I think he looks a lot better. I'm just a little nervous about his ability to stay on the floor. Yeah, so, I mean, we'd look at his fouls for 36 here. So, he's at five this season. That's no surprise because he's been in foul trouble. That's why he hasn't played the minutes. But if you go back to last season, he averaged 3.2 fouls per 36. That's on the high end, but not something that would limit a player from playing 30 plus in general. Yeah, I don't know if it's just a role change or whatever. Last year, per cleaning the glass, 59th percentile among bigs in foul rate. That's actually, you know, slightly better than average. This season so far, 34th percentile, a little bit of a step back. We'll see if that gets to normalize at all. Uh, Any other interest in uh, guys from the Hornets, uh, Biombo also? Okay, so here's, here's a question for you. We've got P.J. Washington at 5K. We've got Bismack Biombo at 5K. Washington at 24% ownership, Biombo at 4. Does that disparity matter to you at all? Do you see those guys as slightly closer than the ownership shows? Uh, I mean, Biombo is a very uh, one-dimensional player where he's pretty much out there for defense. His offensive numbers are pretty lacking. So I, I think P.J. Washington is a much better fantasy player, although... I don't think Biombo is a very good player either. It just is like his role is very low in depth in Charlotte right now. So he's getting the minutes, but yeah. I feel like PJ Washington is a better player. Okay. Uh, I just, I saw them next to each other with the exact same salary and I was just like, Oh, we should probably touch on that. Um, anything else from the Hornets side of this game? Gordon Hayward on the new team, uh, coming off Boston, where he was the third banana, as you would say. Uh, his numbers have gone up a good amount, so I think he's a solid play. Um, but that's about it uh, I'm looking at on Charlotte. By the way, per T. McBee in chat, that would be Terry McBride, fellow host. Uh, PJ still dealing with a, th- a thumb issue, sat most of the fourth in the last two games. So uh, could just be a little bit of an injury as well. Atlanta side, a lot of ownership coming in here. Trey Young, Clint Capella, John Collins on FanDuel, 16 to 24% ownership. I think all of that seems uh, pretty spot on given Capella's $6,500 price tag. John Collins did show up in contenders as well. Trey Young, uh, not as owned on DK at 9,600, but Capella and Collins also still pulling in that ownership. I see no reason not to get to any of those three guys. Uh, this is a fantasy gold mine for Atlanta and not exactly a good defensive Charlotte team. So how are you handling the Hawks? Yeah, I think Capella really stands out on both sides. Uh, I mean, he was a little limited to start the year with Achilles soreness, but that hasn't been the case in the last few games. He's been up around 30 minutes each game. One of the highest played players on the Hawks too. So it's not like um, they don't have any incentive to, to feature him. So I think he's a great play tonight um, and against a, a Hornets team that's not very good. Collins is one where the salary difference on FanDuel and DraftKings is pretty high. So on, on FanDuel, he's 6,800. And it's weird because he's been having big games and playing minutes. So I don't really understand how they came up with that. On DraftKings, the salary is more appropriate, 7,200. So I just play him on FanDuel. Yeah, that makes some sense to me. Any of these uh, down-the-ballot guys for the Hawks, Reddish, Bogdan, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, uh, they all seem like they're just throwaways to me, you know, guys that could show up in 5% of your lineups. Yeah, I think Bogdan is questionable, uh, probable. So, okay, so never mind. Uh, yeah, I agree. Nothing nothing too interesting. Trey Young is very uh, – it looks pretty good. His uh, – I mean, his rebounding's a little bit down this year. All the other numbers look the same, but he was a great fantasy producer. He played big minutes in the last game, so that kind of 
allayed some concerns that his per minute uh, or per game minutes weren't that good so far. So uh, I think he's in the mix, but there are a lot of great plays at the 10K range. All righty. Moving it on to Boston and Miami, if that works for you. Yep. There we go. Boston Celtics, Miami Heat. Heat, two and a half point favorites, 218 total. One of the lower totals on the slate. We'll start on the Boston side where no one is at 10% or higher in ownership, whether it's FanDuel or DraftKings. Uh, Clearly, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are guys that are fantasy viable on a day-to-day basis. They're playing monster minutes. We're still waiting on news for Marcus Smart. We're still waiting on news for Jeff Teague. Um, The expectation, I believe, is that Smart will play. Teague is a little bit more up in the air, uh, not all that relevant from a fantasy perspective on an 11-game slate. Uh, Recent hero Peyton Pritchard also exists. Don't see him as particularly viable today. You getting to anything from Boston? I like Marcus Smart on FanDuel if he plays at 5,900, but uh, to me, this is mostly just filler. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, Smart's going to be key because if he's out... um... I mean, that's going to boost the playmaking responsibilities of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, So that's going to be kind of key in how those guys fit into the slate. Uh, Peyton Pritchard did see a big price hike. So even if Smart's out, I'd probably fade him. Uh, The one guy that looks like a solid value piece is Tristan Thompson. He's been averaging 25 minutes a game over the last five, and his rebounding rate is pretty high this year uh the usage uh a little bit down but he's just a guy that that can uh i mean he's also uh in boston one of the higher paid players so i think they they want to get him out there and at 25 minutes about a point a minute looks solid with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Um, per uh, Roto World's blurb on Marcus Smart, the write-up for... Uh, the write-up says smart sat out Monday's game with it being the second of a back-to-back and him having some pain in his surgically repaired right thumb. But Brad Stevens implied that his absence from that one was largely precautionary. So I'm leaning towards Marcus smart being in based on that quote, but it's certainly something we want to pay attention to on the Miami side. It's pretty much the same story Uh, no one above 10% ownership except $4,400 $4,400 Kelly Olenek on DraftKings picking up quite a bit of love. Uh, he's now just uh, playing a bunch. Uh, the problem for me with Kelly Olenek or really anybody from Miami is that I don't trust Eric Spolster to do the same thing multiple days in a row, although it has been happening for Kelly Olenek. So talk to me about Chucky Kelly Olenek on DK. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because last game he played 28 minutes in the first three quarters, had a big game. Uh, so the starting lineup for Oklahoma City is kind of similar to Boston, where they were starting Baisley and uh, Al Horford, two bigs, uh, where Boston's starting Tyson Thompson. So it is reasonable to assume Kelly Olenek continues to start here. Yeah. I'm a little bit concerned that, you know, playing alongside Bam, his role is going to be a little bit different, not getting as many rebounds. If he's not making shots, he'll probably get yanked off the court. So I think um, he's he's a solid option if he's announced as starting. Um, but I I wouldn't really uh, make this a pivotal part of my strategy tonight. Uh, what, do you think he's going to continue to start? Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I see no reason that he doesn't start today. It would make sense. But I feel like you can mix and match like 11 different dudes on this team. And I would completely understand why it's happening so i have him in for 27 minutes i think that that sort of continues he looks like a perfectly reasonable value play on DraftKings at 4400 i don't know if i want to hitch my wagon to him if he is highly owned because there's so much variability coming out of spolstra revenge narrative for kelly olenic maybe that's what everybody's doing <laughs> nice yeah i mean that worked out last night so why not <laughs> anybody uh anything else in boston miami this one's a tough one 
Jimmy Butler would be intriguing, but his minutes seem to be down a little bit this year. If he went back to 34 like he was last year, um, he'd look like a solid play. Let's see what else we've got. So we're on to Utah at the lovely New York Knicks. I wish I had time to go on a Knicks rant right now, but I don't think that I do. So let's just start here. Knicks are six-point underdogs at home, which is exactly what they should be. 214 total, which is uh, really rough to look at. Let's start on the Utah side where Rudy Gobert is 10% owned on DraftKings at 7,600. Uh, the next highest ownership number on either site is 5% Rudy Gobert on FanDuel. Uh, no ownership coming in at all to Utah, and that makes perfect sense to me. I, I've mentioned it before. Uh, this is a team whose rotation is pretty set in stone. Those prices are pretty set in stone. I don't see a ton that I want from Utah other than the fact that they're taking on the Knicks. What are you doing with the Jazz? Yeah, I think this even isn't that great a matchup because of the pace, the over-under being so low. Um, so, I mean, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are, are fairly priced, I would say, but nothing about this team is making me want to play them in DFS. Yeah, I don't, this is a good spot where I think that we can keep going. If you end up with anybody in this sort of starting five from the Jazz, if you're like, oh, my last guy in is Mike Conley, for sure, that is like that is not an issue to me at all. I don't mind rostering the guys that are regularly playing. They're just hard to look at as like the first guy in your lineup. If you're trying to rank, like if you're prioritizing eight guys for DK, uh, a jazz guy is probably going to be at the bottom of that list. Oh, God. And then, then there's the Knicks. So the highest, we'll, we'll start here. I don't think that anybody looks all that great on DraftKings. The highest ownership for anybody from the Knicks on DK is 3% owned Elford Payton. On the FanDuel side, it's a little bit different. Uh, prices are a little bit better. The positional aspect of FanDuel changes the game a bit. So Randall, Barrett, and Payton are all slightly north of 10% in ownership. How are you handling the Knicks? How are you handling the minutes that these guys are playing? Because Tibbs is treating every regular season game like it's the, the finals, and Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett are playing 44 minutes at a time. Yeah, it's funny. The Knicks have been one of the better fantasy teams this year so far. Uh, we did get the news this morning that Alec Burks is out for the next week, so that kind of solidifies uh, the rotation a little bit. I missed that. Yeah, it was right before we went online here, so... Okay. Uh, we've been seeing RJ Barrett play big minutes, uh, but last game, Austin Rivers came off the bench and played a ton of minutes. Um, so that kind of threatens Alfred Payton's role a little bit. He's been a guy that is inconsistent with when uh, they decide to close with him or not. So that's a concern, but this particular game it impacted Reggie Bullock's minutes the most where he played a lot less. The other news is Omari Spellman, Spellman is back for the Knicks. We haven't actually seen him play for the Knicks yet, so um, it, it isn't exactly clear how he'll fit in, but um, New Orleans Noel is questionable. So if Noel is out, I think Spellman would beat the backup center probably. Yeah. He has probably played power forward in the past, but I'm not really confident given that in the, his last uh, – Last team, he was a small ball center. Yeah, if uh, if Noel is out, you could see Amari Spellman gets some minutes. I don't get the sense that he's ever on the floor for the Knicks, um, you know, unless mm -hmm. like Mitchell Robinson dies or something. He was a pretty high draft pick, uh, 30th overall two years ago, so I could see it. He also stopped having his options get picked up, which is usually a pretty bad sign for keeping your life in the NBA. Um if Noel is out, obviously that you know, changes the game up a little bit. How are you handling the minutes for someone like Randall and Barrett, where Tibbs is very clearly having no problem putting them out there a uh -huh. lot? I generally have like a ceiling of 36 minutes. I think that's kind of like the industry standard. We don't really go too far above that. Um, you know, like Dame and CJ, they're guys that sometimes get to like the 37, 38 with regularity. Are you breaking free on Tibbs and going uh, with higher minutes projections for Randall and Barrett? Yeah, I'd say it doesn't really matter because the prices are very high on them. So even with that additional minutes, they don't really pop. But, yeah. I mean, if a guy is averaging about 40, 41 minutes in a competitive game, that would translate to like 37 or 38 minutes a game. So I think it is yeah. reasonable. 
Okay, just wanted to see where you where you stood there. Uh, ultimately, I don't get the sense that I'll have much Knicks, particularly on DraftKings, but I do have to make the change for Alec Burks' minutes to come out and probably bump up, I don't know, one of these other goons at the end, probably Reggie Bullock, who's a fantasy wasteland. Oh, God, the Knicks bother me so much. I really don't like this team. I shouldn't be so mad about it, but I really am. And... Uh... Randall and Bert, uh, Barrett have been coming through this year, so maybe it's time uh, to to uh, let, let your grudge go, man. My issue is that uh, teams that are going to play their starters 40 minutes a game should win more in the regular season. Uh, that Other teams aren't treating the games as they're as important as they are. I still don't think they're any good, but, um, you know, whatever you got to do to win some games. Let's keep this one moving. Did I have four games in the last one or three? Four. One more. Uh, Detroit at Milwaukee. Milwaukee is a 13 and a half point favorites. God, I feel like anytime Milwaukee plays, they're just 10 point or more favorites. 13 and a half point line here, 226 total. On the Pistons side, uh, Killian Hayes, news came out earlier today that he has a tear in the labrum of his hip. Don't get the sense we're going to be seeing the rookie all that much anymore. Uh, DeLon Wright was on his way to a DNP CD until uh, Killian Hayes got injured. I don't really know what's happening for Dwayne Casey's rotations now, but we've got Jeremy Grant, Blake Griffin, Josh Jackson could be back. Uh, Josh Jackson, in fact, 11% owned on Fandle. No one in double digits on DraftKings. How are you handling the Pistons today going up against Milwaukee in what screams this is a blowout? How do you want to handle the Pistons? Well, uh, with Killian Hayes out, I'm expecting DeLon Wright to get those 22 minutes. So I don't think that'll make a fantasy impact. Yeah. Uh, it does depend a little bit on if Josh Jackson plays, but we did see Wayne Ellington start the last game uh, and play some decent minutes. So if Josh Jackson's out, Wayne Ellington could be kind of a fringe value. But aside from uh, those guys, not a, real, uh, not a ton to love here. Any interest in Jeremy Grant or Blake Griffin? Well, uh, Jeremy Grant's been the highest usage guy on this team. Uh, at twenty, Aside from Derek Rose, he's had a 25% usage rate this year, but his price is pretty high as well, so I'm not seeing a ton of advantage there. Blake, um, coming off this concussion, I was a little concerned that it looked like his minutes were trending more towards 30 than for 35 we've been seeing earlier. So I'm not really feeling it tonight. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. I don't have anything else I really want to touch on from the Pistons side. So let's transition over to the Bucks. Chris Middleton getting some love on FanDuel. Giannis obviously getting some love on FanDuel. Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez picking up a little bit of ownership on DraftKings. How do you manage a team like the Bucks in a game like this where they are expected to slaughter uh, said Pistons? <laughs> and uh, you've got guys like Giannis at 11-4, 10-9 on DK, big-time price tags. What do you want to do with the Bucks? Well, I will mention this 12-and-a-half-point spread. I mean, that's a large number. But in past years, I mean, we've seen spreads go all the way to, like, minus 20 That when Golden State was at their heyday. So... It's not like this is such an outrageous spread. Uh, based on the spread, I have it at about a 20% chance of being a blowout. Um, we saw last game that Giannis played huge minutes against the Pistons uh, because they did keep it close. And, I mean, he looks like one of the best options on the slate, if you can afford him. Uh, he's playing up to 36 minutes in competitive games. Uh, although his permanent rates are down a little bit this year, the minutes should make up for it um, in the matchup solid. So are you feeling Giannis today? A little bit. I'm really scared about this matchup. Uh, Milwaukee's defense is, is so good Uh, outside of adding drew holiday. A lot of these guys have been playing together for a while. It's a smart, well-coached team. Milwaukee tries to give up shooting to, you know, guys that aren't very good and they're really really good at doing that and the pistons basically have no legitimate offensive creation you have derrick rose but he's not like a facilitator he's more of a creator for himself they don't have a lot of good quality shot creation and i think that could be a real problem in this matchup so i'm a little nervous that milwaukee can just run out you know 12 guys at 24 minutes a piece and they just really put a beating on 
the Pistons. I think this is a bad matchup for Detroit. So I like getting to Giannis because he's Giannis. And if you told me that he had 30, 10, and 10 in 25 minutes, like he's one of those guys that can do that. I'm not getting away from him. He grades out fine. 10-9 on DraftKings, not my favorite price tag in the world, just given what else is on the slate. But I don't know. I, I assume I'm lighter on Milwaukee than the rest of the field just because I'm nervous about this game. I mean, if the if they didn't play uh, two days ago in a close game, I'd be more nervous. But, like, uh, obviously that that's not, like, something that will determine what happens tonight. But I will mention Blake Griffin has been their primary facilitator when he's been on. Uh, and he's slower these days, but he's he's got decent basketball IQ. So I don't think that the Pistons are quite as bereft of talent as people make them out to be. You defending your Pistons right now. I, pre- I appreciate <laughs> yeah. what you're doing here. I don't like how everyone's calling them the 30th best team in the league. Oh, okay. I mean, I will happily call them 29th if that helps you at all. <laughs> All right, that's a, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, Minnesota's worse. That's fine by me. Oklahoma City is trying to be worse as well. <laughs> Definitely. All right, uh, we've got 15 minutes to go. I think we're going to make it through, but I do want to hit one quick hit quickly on one thing. And if I could find the tab, it would be even better. Uh, I just want to hit on the schedule for the rest of today. Coming up in 15 minutes, NFL strategy show, Lafayette, Matt and Kyle breaking down this weekend's NFL playoffs at 4:45 Eastern Lafayette and Adam will be doing the NBA deeper dive. So they're starting 15 minutes early because obviously an additional 15 minutes is helpful for this 11 game slate. And then finally NBA live before lock 6 PM spags, Greg Ehrenberg, taking you all the way up until 7 p.m. We've got the full freight of shows, so hit the like button, the subscribe button, and the notification bell. You don't want to miss out on any of our content today. Let's keep it moving. We've got four to go. Oklahoma City at the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans, eight-point favorites, 212.5 total. On the OKC side, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is in the teens in ownership. George Hill picking up a lot of love as a value play on DraftKings. I don't see a ton that looks fun for me from Oklahoma City. I think Darius Baisley probably going a little bit underrepresented on FanDuel. How are you handling Shea, and do you have any other interest in anything from Oklahoma City, a team that may or may not be worse than the Pistons? <laughs> yeah, um, Shea, although the team is bad, like his his numbers are up a ton this year, particularly in the assist category. So I think um, if they can keep the game competitive, then he'll probably be in line for a uh, pretty good performance for his salary. So I think he's going to be a core piece for me tonight because, like, the blowouts are kind of fluky. An eight-point spread doesn't translate to a huge blowout risk. Um, George Hill does look like a pretty solid value as well. His uh, his usage has been up in this new team, which isn't anything we wouldn't expect. But everything else is pretty lacking. Um, I guess the assist numbers are up too, but the, the rebounding is is really lacking. Uh, and the minutes aren't great. So he's kind of like in the Patty Mills category where it's like he's playing enough minutes to to have an up night and kind of like fill up uh, that 10x plus five, 10 plus 5x spot at a low salary, but he's not anything to get too excited about. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't see a ton here. Um, I'm surprised to see George Hill getting as much ownership as he is. That's I did not see that one coming at all. On the Pelican side, a little bit of ownership coming into Brandon Ingram and Zion uh, on both sites. Nothing too crazy. I see those guys as guys that I'd like to have like 10% of. Neither one of them really standing out all that much. Uh, are the Pelicans a team that you're looking to get to at all? Uh, they're in the mix. I mean, Zion and Brandon Ingram both are pretty solid fantasy players. Um, Zion has, uh, I mean, he's been getting way more minutes this year than last, playing up to the mid-30s in competitive games. And Ingram, is uh, he's been getting way more assists this year and higher usage. So I think they're both pretty solid, but the prices do seem to have gone up a lot on these guys. Yeah, this is just, it's a great spot against OKC, although uh, Thunder defense better than I was expecting so far this year. But I guess that's going to be the case anytime Al, Al Horford is actually on the floor. And you have Lou Dort out there too, a hero of the bubble. Do you prefer Ingram or Zion more in this game? I have them very close. 
Yeah, I mean, pretty even for me as well. Um, let's see. It does look like, I mean, Ingram's a slightly better fantasy player. Um, just filling up the statue more, uh, but he's more expensive too. So it's a wash. Sounds good. Anything else in this game? Um, Toronto and Phoenix. So this is in Phoenix, three and a half point favorites. 217 total for the Suns. We'll start on the Toronto side. No one for the Raptors, north of 10% ownership. Highest owned guy, Kyle Lowry on FanDuel, Pascal Siakam on DK. And uh, yeah, I'm not seeing a lot to like here coming from Toronto. This is similar to some of the other situations we mentioned. Uh, Very similar to the Utah Jazz. You know what you're getting out of Kyle Lowry. You know what you're getting out of Van Vliet. Siakam has been less than stellar, but you know what you're getting there. Um, do you have anything that stands out to you from the Raptors that I am missing? Phoenix has been the slowest paced team this year, so they're definitely a tough matchup from a fantasy perspective. Uh, I mean, we've been seeing good performances from the big three in Toronto, Lowry, Van Vliet, and Siakam, but none of them, because of the matchup, are really standing out to be a great place. Yeah, I, I, I'm not seeing much here that makes me go crazy. So uh, good luck, Toronto. Have fun in Phoenix. I'm sure it's nice to be out, out of Florida. We shouldn't call them Toronto this year, by the way. That's true. The, the, the Tampa Bay Raptors, or wherever they're playing. Yeah, it's Tampa, right? One change to look for for uh, the Tampa Bay Raptors is Aaron Baines got benched in the second quarter, or second half last game. Alex Len yeah. started that half. So if he does start this game, he'd be making a nice uh, play. Okay. On the Phoenix side, uh, kind of a similar story. Not a ton of ownership coming into these guys. Chris Paul getting a little bit of love, 9% owned on FanDuel. Uh, Paul and Jay Crowder, both around 12% ownership on DK. The guy that stands out most to me, Devin Booker, basically unowned, 7,900 on DraftKings, 7,600 on FanDuel. It's kind of, I don't want to say that he's taking a back seat to Chris Paul, but like the offense just runs a little bit differently. I think it's better for the team, but maybe not necessarily better for Devin Booker. But at low ownership, that's the type of, play that I'd be a little bit more interested in. Do you have any interest in anything from the Suns? Um, well, Devin Booker's assist numbers have dropped a lot with the Chris Paul on the team, but Chris Paul's numbers have gone up a little bit in that category because before he was playing with Harden. So I think Chris Paul is a pretty solid fantasy option on this team. Uh, Jay Crowder, as you mentioned, he just is in a spot that, it's hard to find these 4.5K guys that have value today. He's been playing about 30 minutes a game. Very mediocre um, fantasy-wise, but he's consistent with the minutes. Yeah, this one, this is a tough spot from a DFS perspective on an 11-game slate just because of how slow the pace is coming out of Phoenix. This low total, it, it's really hard to concentrate a lot of ownership um, when there are such better overall games on the slate. So... Move to the final two games. The Los Angeles Clippers at the Golden State Warriors. This is one we're going to have to spend some time on, particularly on the Clippers side. So, Paul George is questionable with the ankle injury that he had that kept him out yesterday. Kawhi Leonard is on the second half of a back-to-back. I don't think we've seen anything official that he is not playing today, but my assumption is that he is not playing today, which makes Paul George, if he plays, look incredible. 9K on FanDuel, 8,900 on DraftKings. Luke Kennard getting owned, Batum, Abaka, Beverly, Lou Will. I mean, there is infinite ownership going to the Clippers, both on FanDuel and DraftKings. So hit me with your assumptions and then tell me what you like here from the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, I think the best guess is Kawhi doesn't play it because he doesn't seem to play the back-to-backs very much. It is a nationally televised game, so... Maybe he plays. I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, but if he does not play, then that makes everyone else on the team look like a great play. Um, so Luke Kennard will probably get the start. Patrick Beverly saw a ton of minutes last night uh, with the ex- extra minutes going around because Luke Kennard uh, does take some of those backup point guard minutes, I think. And then Lou Will hasn't been very heavily featured by Ty Lou so far this year. His minutes have been really disappointing, but we know that he's a great fantasy player when he's on the court. So just a really high variance option, that's cheap. 
Yeah, I'm, I was surprised to see Lou Will be projected as highly in the ownership as he is right now because it's not like he's just simply playing bad. He's not out there. He is not playing the minutes that he normally plays. 21 last night, 21 in the game before that, 21 four games ago, 20, 24 and a half. It's, it's very, very different for Lou Will this season. I don't know if he's just sad because Montrezl Harrell plays in the other locker room or something, but... Uh, I don't know what to do there. If Paul George happens to be out along with Kawhi, we're basically just firing away on most of the Clippers today, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that would just be an absolute, like, sack up the game situation. Yeah. Uh, that does seem somewhat unlikely, but, uh, yeah, that could be something we plan for with late swap, maybe. Yeah. Um but yeah, with Lou Will, we have to keep in mind that four of the seven games have been played with one or with both Kawhi and Paul George. So he hasn't had a big game in any of those three. Um, I think maybe he had one big game, but it wasn't like big minutes. But the like his skill set is pretty redundant when those two guys are in. So I wouldn't expect him to be playing big minutes. Is there anybody that stands out to you a guy as a guy that you're not all that interested in that it seems like people are interested in if Paul George is playing? I think that's the assumption we should go with right now. No, I mean, I think it's pretty much like open season on the Clippers. If Paul George is playing, Kawhi is not. Paul George himself would probably be the best player in his price range as well. So just kind of lock and load these guys. Sounds good to me. Uh, there's a lot to like here, that's for sure. Paul George, number one contender on FanDuel. Luke Kennard, number one contender on DraftKings today. Nice. What a world. <laughs> what a world. Um, that eligibility on Kennard on DraftKings, shooting guard, small forward. You can put him anywhere. It's a Swiss Army knife. On the Warriors side, uh, no real ownership coming in here. Kelly Oubre sneaking up a little bit on FanDuel because of the position. Nothing really coming in on the Golden State side from DK perspective. Is Steph Curry getting slept on in this spot? Well, I mean, his salary went up a ton, so uh, he's had a couple of big games in a row, but the uh, the usage assists, et cetera, like don't seem to be really a 10K player at this point. So I'd probably sleep on him tonight, <laughs> given okay. that we have a lot of other options that we like. But sure. uh, are you going to be taking some shots and stuff? I am if he's 3% owned on FanDuel, at least. Uh, if, I, if I'm just sorting through point guards and I see that sort of number, like even if I think that he's just like an 8%er, that, that's a little bit of spot where I can pick up some ceiling because clearly he can shoot his way into 62 real points. There's not a lot of guys on the planet that have that sort of ceiling. If I can get shares of someone like that on a day like today, I'm totally cool with it. For the rest of Golden State, though, I, I don't see anything all that appealing. I hate... You know, I'll, uh, I roster more Wiggins than I want to on a day-to-day basis. That has already affected my life negatively in parts outside of DFS. Uh, same sort of story for Kelly Oubre. So I'd rather just avoid most of Golden State. But if I get Curry, sign me up. Yeah, here's one fact about the, the Clippers have been playing at the 29th fastest pace this year. So this is a very down-tempo matchup for the Clippers. Golden State's been playing at the, fir- the first highest – or sorry, just the highest – pace this year so it's a very up-tempo matchup for the Clippers so this is kind of like the opposite effect on both teams absolutely well let's close this one out four minutes to go hey, kudos to you boss uh, we, we pulled this one off 11 it's, games it's all you man you're the host Nah, I'm driving the car, but we'll just say that you bought the car. Chicago Bulls, Sacramento Kings, seven-point favorites for the Kings, 231 total. Uh, I like a lot of this game, actually. Um, on the Chicago side, I think Zach Levine, Kobe White, Otto Porter, they're all picking up love on Fandle. Wendell Carter as well. Happy to get to any of those four guys. Uh, similar story on DraftKings, although the prices are a little different. Garrett Temple getting some love at 3300 Uh, Nobody on Chicago north of 10% ownership on DK, which is a little surprising. I would happily get to some, a little bit more Levine and Kobe white, but how are you handling Chicago up against Sacramento? I think they look pretty good with Markinen and Sato and a couple other guys continuing to be out. That's really solidified the minutes for, for everyone. Uh, The prices have adjusted a decent amount, but Garrett Temple being 3,300, that's a spot on DraftKings where there just aren't a lot of decent plays at that range. Wendell Carter is a guy that his minutes have been way down the last handful of games, but uh, I, uh, if we kind of assume it's somewhere in between this season and last season, what his playing time will average out to be, 
He looks like a great player. Yeah, he's um, God, that dude. I just never know what he's he's going to play twenty minutes or thirty two minutes. That's for sure. Somewhere in that range, it's going to happen. You just never know when he's going to pick up uh, the fouls. I, oh God. Otto Porter is Otto Porter the most owned guy this season. I mean, I feel like every time <laughs> I look, at least on Fanduel, he's like thirty percent owned. Is part of the part of that is just simply positioning and slates. But I feel like he's the chalk pretty regularly. Definitely, yeah. Uh, his price has come up a lot on DraftKings, but Fanduel, if he gets those twenty-eight minutes like normal, he should be solid. On the Kings side, De'Aaron Fox picking up a ton of love. Buddy Heald picking up a ton of love. Marvin Bagley getting a little bit of ownership. Looks like Tyrese Halliburton should be back. He's picking up some ownership on DraftKings. I like the Kings. I like Fox. I like Heald. I like Rashawn Holmes a little bit. I think he's getting uh, underrepresented, particularly against Chicago. If Wendell Carter picks up some fouls, I'm not exactly worried about Daniel Gafford. And it looks like they played Thad Young a little bit at the five. um, Was that yesterday, two days ago? Yesterday. Both played yesterday. Um, So keep that in mind, I guess. Uh, What do you want to do with the Kings before we get out of here? Well, uh, Hal Burden, it looks like he might be back today, which uh, that doesn't impact any of the major uh, Sacramento guys, but he himself could be an interesting play. Um, and then uh, Holmes seems to have a ton of variance in his minutes, going anywhere from like 35 to, to 24 or something. So uh, not a great price, but maybe a GBP dart. Bagley... Just a really talented player, but he never seems to really find his way into 30 minutes. So no. uh, I might continue to take some chances, but the the hope is really fading. What, what have you made of Bagley? I want him to be better. Uh, I think he's on the wrong team right now. And he was on the wrong team from the beginning because they should have never drafted him in the first place, neither here nor there. Um, wasn't a crazy pick at the time. I mean, taking him over Luca was crazy, but... Uh, it's not like he wasn't supposed to be at the top. Um, I just don't think he's being utilized correctly. Should be playing at the five. Uh, he's not um, He's not a four. Neither here nor there. Any final thoughts to sum up this slate? We hit at 11 o'clock on the dot. Oh, it's an interesting slate. This Clippers news is going to be key. Uh, and guys, thanks for tuning in and uh, supporting our, our channel and our site. There we go, everybody. Hit the like button on your way out. Subscribe to the channel. Notification bell. Go check out the NFL Strategy Show coming up right now. Dave Lockhart, he's going to need some likes. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Watch the deeper dive. Watch NBA Live before lock. And good luck tonight. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. We're out of here.